Okay, so uh, back at it. It is time for the Pistols Firing Podcast with your hosts, yours truly, Carson Cunningham. I mean, he's about as pretty as they get. Joined, as always, by Kyle Porter. When he breaks through and gets in the open, it's over. Gone. The Pistols Firing Podcast starts right now. We are back at it. Another edition of the Pistols Firing Podcast. Uh, Carson Cunningham with you, as always, with Kyle Porter. Kyle's gearing up for golf. Golf starts tomorrow, so he's been very busy with CBS, and he's he's a must-follow if you're into golf. But uh, Kyle, has the is the shed working overdrive right now? Yeah, it's uh, it's hot down here. I've got all the AC cranking. Uh, it's look, it's it's exciting. It's fun. It's really cool that golf is going to be played and hopefully safely uh, without fans. It'll be a little weird, but. You know, I, I think one of the, the themes that we've talked about is just wanting to have stuff to cover and wanting to have work to do that doesn't feel like you're digging up, you know, the 10 best two guards in the early 2000s at Oklahoma State or whatever. That stuff's, <laughs> that stuff's fine for a couple of weeks, but it starts, to, it starts to get old after a while. Yeah, it's, uh, you always thought golf would be one of the first ones to get back at it. So for that's, sure. That's good to see. Uh, golf and the UFC don't normally mix, but uh, those <laughs> are the NASCAR. two sports. And NASCAR. <laughs> NASCAR should have been going like a month ago or two. You know, they're they're totally confined. But uh, yeah. we have we have the first five to get to, Kyle. Yep, we do. Uh, let's get to the first five. But first, uh, Chris's University Spirit, Carson. They've got uh, masks. You can go get your Oklahoma State-themed mask, Cursive Cowboys on there. Uh, pretty cool. ChrisUniversitySpirit.com or you can uh, visit them in person. Believe they're they're back open in Stillwater. So, shout out to them. Let's get to the first five, Carson. Uh, a very NCAA laden uh, first five today. Uh, the NCAA, as we all know, dropped a hammer on OSU, and there's been a lot of fallout, a lot of columns, a lot of articles. Uh, pretty much everyone's on the same page, uh, but I did find one take that actually agreed with the NCAA. That's Pete Pete Thamel from. Uh, Yahoo Sports, he basically said OSU, he agreed that OSU got off light and that they should uh, take their medicine and move on down the road. I just, uh, it, Kyle, it's been stunning to me how much, you know, we're so close to it, obviously. But to me, this kind of feels like back when the Sports Illustrated thing was coming out, where just the, the it didn't make sense. You know, back then it didn't make sense that OSU was paying a player when they beat montana state 15 to 7 well this punishment doesn't make sense versus what the actual crime was committed by lamont evans so i i thought it was interesting that finally i saw one person agree with the ncaa but uh, just what's your thought on all the fallout and all the columns and everything yeah i i think the thing we have yet to see is what happens to all the other schools that were kind of wound up in this fbi roundup this FBI investigation because Oklahoma State's really the first one to be punished and so I I, I sort of want to see like where on the spectrum does their punishment fall compared to uh I, I can't remember all so Arizona Auburn um who, who were some of the other schools that were kind of caught up in it South I, I Carolina yeah South Carolina so yeah what, what, why is Kansas. it I don't understand why South Carolina has not been and and maybe all that stuff is coming for those schools, right? And so I guess that's sort of my point is like, yeah, it feels very heavy handed, but it might 
maybe it'll be the lightest of all of maybe we're just dealing with a more heavy era or maybe it's because the FBI was involved or whatever. Um, so I, I do think it's fair to kind of say, Hey, maybe we should compare it to that. But what, if those start coming in and Oklahoma state's one of the heavier ones, that's when I have a, a, I mean, I already have a problem, but that's when you have a real problem. Wait a second. What, what's actually going on here? Yeah. And I, it's, it's my understanding, Kyle, why like South Carolina, for instance, hasn't dealt with this is I think OSU was the only one that fully cooperated. I think the other schools are mostly – they appealed before uh, – that's why OSU has already been done is they didn't appeal. They just – they cooperated. They didn't try to drag it out because they, they, as Mike Boynton said, felt like they had nothing to hide. <laughs> and so I think that's why they were the first. And I'm with you. I mean, if any school gets off less than OSU, well, then it's, it's, a, it's a total calamity because we all know OSU – I mean, people have even written, you know, people forgot OSU was even involved in this. Their role was so much less than these other schools. So I don't know. It, to me, it appears that, and, and what I've seen written from people that weren't very critical of it, uh, people like Pat Forty, also with Yahoo, is the NCAA is trying to like flex their muscles again and prove that they enforce their own rules. And it just appears like OSU has been lumped into this even though it really doesn't really apply to them. They had a rogue assistant who we all know is fired. We all know the details. It just appears to me, Kyle, like the NCAA is trying to make an example, and OSU is just guilty by association with this FBI sting, despite the fact that, unlike Kansas, they had no competitive advantage gained or recruiting advantage gained. Yeah, I think what's interesting, so I was going through some old cases today, which is, you know, just a terribly exciting Wednesday morning, and if you read so I, I'm, I'm reading the, uh, the full PDF, which is, what is it, like 70 pages? I don't know. It's many, many pages uh, for Oklahoma State. You can find all this stuff on NCAA.org if you look at all, if you look hard enough. And so the violations for Oklahoma State, and this gets weird and complicated very quickly, but uh, it's a level one violation for both this. I'm reading off the document for both the associate head coach, which is Lamont Evans and the institution. Okay. so it's level one for both of those. And nobody's arguing that it's a level one violation for Lamont Evans. If anything, I think Oklahoma state would argue that it's, so there are three different variations of a level one uh, violation. Uh, there's, uh, I can't remember the wording, aggravated, standard, and then mitigated. I think those are the three levels. And both of the, these were standard, just right in the middle. I think if anything, Oklahoma State would argue that Lamont Evans deserved a, a, an even harsher um, application of those rules. But that Oklahoma State is, as an institution, not only did they deserve less of an application, maybe a level two or a level one mitigation which is what Mike Holder argued for last week but also that you know with that comes you know the 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 penalties for this stuff the postseason ban the the scholarships all of those are 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 classified based on whatever level you're at if you're at a level one it's this many years level two this many years so but it's only for the institution obviously you can't ban Lamont Evans from from the 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 postseason so all that to say I went back and looked at uh, Carson. I went and looked at the Louisville case from like three years ago, and they got basically the same penalties 
But let me read you how many level one and level twos they got. So it was a level one aggravated, which is the highest level for the institution. Director of men's basketball operations, level one aggravated. Head men's basketball coach, Rick Patino, level one standard. Men's basketball program assistant, level two aggravated. So they got all these violations for the institution, for all these coaches, and they got pretty much the same. They got like one more scholarship taken away than Oklahoma State did and some wins vacated. So that's the part where I'm like, okay, if you're comparing cases, if you go back and look at some of the Louisville stuff, that's infuriating because there were level one violations all over the place and, and at a higher level, at the aggravated level. And yet the penalty is exactly the same. And, and that, that the part, that's the part that's frustrating to me. That's simply astonishing. I mean, Louisville was cheating as, as virtually as much as you possibly can and got the same, basically the same punishment for what OSU did. It's, it's, it's aggravating and it's infuriating if, you're, if you follow Oklahoma State. It doesn't make sense. So uh, we'll talk more about the appeal coming up. But number two, Kyle, I think Mike Boyne's been tremendous through all of this with his public comments. You and I talked about the Zoom call he did with Mike Holder on the last edition. But he went on the Jeff Goodman podcast, National mm-hmm. Basketball Writer, and I thought it was sensational. He had a lot of good stuff on there. And I think he divulged some information, Kyle, that I wasn't even aware of. He said that during the season, like in February, flew to like Atlanta for like a hearing. <laughs> that's, how full, that's how much he fully cooperated. He missed a practice, almost missed a game. That's, that's the level in which he was cooperating with the NCAA. And he took offense to just the smug way they said that OSU got off light. And he's just like, how? How could this be any worse? Yeah. I, thought he was, I thought he was great. I don't know how much you got to listen to it, but he, he did share some information that I hadn't heard before. Yeah, I didn't I, – I actually did not get to listen to it, but I did get the Cliff's notes from Marshall Scott and I think Hobbin might have listened to it as well. And, uh, you know, I, the thing that strikes me is he's incredibly, and this is kind of the opposite of, of Mike Gundy for better or worse. I, I don't, you know, I don't know that I like it better because it's, it's easy for, uh, easier for us to get information and to talk about. Uh, I don't know that it's necessarily better for your program or worse for your program. I have no idea, but he's open about like, yeah, there were guys that were, uh, or there were schools that were calling our guys. There were, there are guys that, uh, you know, could lead. He didn't like go into individual cases, but he's just really like open and honest with everything, which if I'm a coach, that's, I don't know. That's probably the way I would hope that I would be just because it's harder to figure out who you've told what and you know what's going on there so um yeah he's been forthright yeah it was interesting you mentioned the players leaving Boynton made this point I hadn't even thought of this he's like he's like Jeff literally all 13 of my players could call me today and say they were leaving that's kind of the situation the NCAA has put us in yeah and that was that was amazing and he, he also used the analogy of you know, basically what you're telling us is that you could have a coach or you could have an employee go rob a bank and your company will be held liable for it. That's essentially what's happening here, which I thought was a great analogy. And before we move on, the one thing that made me raise my eyebrows, Kyle, was Jeff Goodman invoked the topic of, of race. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. And, and it's something I hadn't really thought of, but, you know, you got an old white coach in Bill Self and uh, Frank Martin at South Carolina and all, and one 
thing Mike Boynton said was every person arrested by the FBI was African-American. And he was pretty honest and said, you know, I was the only black, this is a quote, I was the only black head coach. We're up first and get the hammer thrown at us. But the sensitivity of everything else going on in the country, it has crossed my mind. I would hope to think there are good people who work there, really smart people who worked really hard. I would hope they look past race. But when I've when I see they've gone outside the scope of the actual case, it certainly makes you wonder what is the motivation. So I don't know if OSU would would pursue action from this angle, but it was certainly an eyebrow raising conversation with him and Jeff Goodman. For sure. And and I don't, you know, I, I think to I think sort of adjacent to that is is um what's the word I'm looking at? Just experience, right? Like he's young. He's not established like a bill self or somebody like that. It's just easier to, if you're the NCAA and, and it, it, like Pat Forty said, if you're trying to flex, I don't know if that's what they're trying to do here. Maybe it is. Um, if, if you're making an effort to flex, it's a lot easier to flex on somebody who hadn't had a winning seat or ha- has only had one winning season so far, right? Or I guess two, but hasn't made an NCAA tournament. That's what I'm trying to say. Um, versus trying to flex on a Rick Patino or a Bill Self. That just becomes more problematic for you as an institution. And so maybe that's part of what's going on there as well. Yeah, maybe so. And uh, another enlightening thing about that was Goodman noted that Mike Boyne's one of two African-American head coaches in the Power Five. Like, that's another. That's a whole other issue. It, it's wrong and it's astonishing. But Wait, it's what? Kind of, I think he said he's the only... He's the second. It's him and Jawan Howard at Michigan. Are the what only about two. Uh, Leonard, your boy? Oh, he, uh, okay, never mind. Maybe that's not how he phrased it. And Shaka, Shaka Smart at Texas. Yeah. Maybe he said only two in the Big 12. I can't recall. Anyway, I just totally botched the quote, but there's <laughs> an astonishing lack of African-American head coaches in college basketball, which is another huge issue with the sport. But uh, let's move on to number three, Kyle. Uh, Kyle Boone wrote a really good piece on, on pistols firing about Five thoughts on the appeal process. I know OSU fans are are waiting on on that process and are curious how it all plays out. And I think one of the important notes here is that he notes is OSU doesn't have very much time to to formulate an appeal. I'm sure yeah. they I'm sure they had one in mind before the ruling was laid down, but I don't. It was pretty obvious that Mike Holder was not expecting the penalties they got. So they're going to have to really work and, and get this put together because I think June 20th is the deadline they have to file an appeal. Yeah, they have two weeks, uh, 15 days to get that appeal in. And I think the interesting part about this, I talked to some people this week in Stillwater, and the interesting part to me is how far out this could be pushed. I mean, if you look on the NCAA's website, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, it, it, it gives a timeline for it. And essentially it's, uh, let's see here. It's the infractions appeal. By the way, all this stuff on, on <laughs> NCAA.org, I mean, talk about word salad. I'm like, what the hell am I reading? Like, I, it doesn't, none of it makes any sense. And I feel like even the scholarship issue where it said Oklahoma State loses a total of three scholarships for the next three years, the way they worded it, it was impossible. I mean, I spent seven hours trying to decipher what this actually meant. Um, anyway. The timeline could be up to, it looks like six to eight months. Now, I think that's like a really long timeline. But look, Carson, the, the, the sense I get out of Stillwater is 
priority number one is getting the season in with the full roster intact with Cade Cunningham. And so if that means you get to January and the NCAA infractions of pity infractions committee hasn't announced its final ruling. And then they do on like, I don't know, February one, the, that thing is going to be tied up in every court in Payne County or <laughs> I mean, where, where I don't, I don't even know how the process works, but they are going to empty the tank essentially to get the season in um, because that's how important this season is. Absolutely. I think you, you do everything in your power to, and look, I, I totally understand where Mike Boynton's coming from. He doesn't want to drag it out for the sake of his players that are coming in, but it, it suits everyone's interest that they play this season with Kate Cunningham and that they're not banned for the postseason. So if that's just a delayed appeal in the next year, you do it because the benefits from that could, could reverberate for quite some time. Uh, it's not really – the numbers don't really say, Kyle, that they have a great chance. I think since – and this is in Boone's article. He has an, a graphic from the NCAA – that uh, in 17 and 18, there were 19 violations appealed mm-hmm. and three, three were vacated penalties and only one was remanded. So that's the numbers are certainly against Oklahoma State. But again, as we've discussed, the, the numbers don't line up with the penalty. So maybe they have a better shot than we thought, which kind of leads me to number four on this. And Bill Haston had some information. He, he put in an article – kind of detailing everything that was going on that as on Friday, he, he highly doubted that OSU had any chance to win the appeal. But after talking to sources in Stillwater, maybe you guys have talked to the same ones. There's actually optimism that they can get the postseason ban uh, taken off of this ruling, which that's the first bit of good news I've heard <laughs> involving this case. So what, what were your thoughts on Bill's, on Bill's bit of information? Yeah, I did see that. I, I did. I, I don't, we probably didn't talk to the same people uh, because I haven't really, talk to anybody about that part specific i talked to people more about the scholarship issue and i don't know i mean i i do think that the reaction to this on a national level just how um taken aback people are by how heavy the 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 penalties and the sanctions were i think that part matters because i i do think the public perception of it probably matters a little bit and look i mean Carson, the, the case I just read from Louisville, I mean, look at how many violations they had. And to get the exact, or I mean, pretty much the exact same um, penalties levied on you, that's crazy. I, I can't imagine that OSU wouldn't take something like that to, the, to present to the infractions committee and say, how are these the same thing, you know? And uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I... I I think the the postseason ban. Which one do you think is more affecting? Is it the postseason ban, or is it the the three total scholarships over the next three years? Oh, it's a great question. My first inclination is to say scholarships because it, it it can affect your program for years. But the more I've kind of researched it, there are ways around that. I mean, OSU didn't even use their full allotment of scholarships several years since right. Mike Witten's been the coach. So I think there are ways around that. For me, it's the it's the postseason ban with what they had lined up with Kate Cunningham. Yeah. I mean, any other year, I mean, let's face it, OSU hasn't been making the postseason as it, as it is for a while now. So normally I would say, you know, scholarships by 
far. But I think just with the, all the momentum they have with K in the top 10 recruiting class, that is just – that's a death knell for a program that has just dealt with so much adversity for, for about a decade now. I told Mrs. Pistols that there was a postseason ban, and she's like, well, that shouldn't matter. And I was like, <laughs> geez, if you're going to commit an assault, like, let me know that it's going to I love her kitchen. perspective. I love her perspective on things because, like, it makes, like – real world common sense a lot of the time and we're using like sports sense and like it's so good to have like actual common sense you know like we like the sports world does not line up with the real world in a lot yeah, of ways yeah and it's always good to get her perspective on things it really is great i reminded her about Cade though and she was like oh that's right that's right so she was <laughs> i i sort of pulled her over to this side uh number five on the first five uh Cade cunningham the latest obviously He's got a lot of options. Mike Boynton said he can go to another school. He can stay at OSU. He can go to the G League and go overseas. And there, we're pretty early in this where we, we don't really have any inclinations. But I did notice uh, a few people have tweeted and commented, people that cover the sport or recruiting-wise, have said Kentucky would be the foref- at the forefront if he were to leave. So uh, Mike, Mike Boynton did secure a commitment from the transfer, uh, Ferran Flavors Jr. I'm not sure you say that, but. He is a grad transfer, and, and he has reaffirmed that his commitment is and will be coming to OSU despite all this ban and, and NCAA stuff. So it appears, Kyle, Mike Boynton's sold him on the idea of coming to Stillwater. Maybe he can sell Cade Cunningham as well. Yeah, I saw uh, Corey Evans wrote about this for Rivals on Tuesday, and it was sort of using the language of like mass exodus and players leaving and all this stuff. And, you know, the people I've talked to – I don't, I don't know. I, I don't get that sense that there's going to be all these guys that are just ejecting left and right. I mean, everybody seems very, you know, there's only been what four or five guys that have said publicly that they're committed, but behind the scenes, I, I think everybody is even Cade for now. I mean, obviously he's always going to be somewhat of a, of a, wild card just somebody who can kind of do whatever he wants at any time and it's going to be you know he's going to be fine um but i i now all that to say Cade's obviously like a domino like if he goes then i i think you could see some other pieces move around but i don't know i i I think this is where the pandemic almost works for in your favor to where it's like there's so there's so much that's up in the air and we talked about this i think on friday with the g league with other schools you can't really visit right now anyway like what the, it just seems like we know what we know right now these guys know what they know in stillwater and and that are headed to stillwater are they really gonna up in that because they don't get to play in one ncaa tournament that might get overturned anyway i I don't know. I, I don't know that that outweighs uh, the, the, uh, the other unknowns right now. Sure. I, I think it's a gamble no matter what decision he makes. If he stays at OSU, it's a gamble. Obviously, we don't know how all that's going to play out. I mean, going to Kentucky, it's a totally different situation. You haven't even evaluated in, in months. Uh, you don't know where you fit there. Obviously, you're the number one player in the country. You assume you fit pretty well, but there's unknowns there. There's certainly unknowns with the G League and overseas. So I, I do think you're right in that by the time he has to make a decision, I don't think he's going to have any more clarity than he has today. Right, right. And that's so, kind of what I'm saying. I think, yeah. I think he stays. I kind of lean that way too, which 
you know, I think makes us sound like uber homers, but <laughs> I mean, let's face it, his brother's there. He's obviously has a connection with Mike Boynton. It's close to home. He's going to be on national TV playing college basketball. I like, we've talked about this before. I, I just, the NCAA tournament is, is obviously where you really make headway, but you make headway all season uh, being on sports center and stuff. So I, it's clear to me that and it'd be far different, Kyle, if the word was out that he really thought hard about the G League and all that money. But it sounds mm-hmm. like that was like at the bottom of his desires. And I, certainly if that's at the bottom, I can't imagine going to Australia and being in total seclusion is, is something that appeals to him. So to me, it's either OSU or, or Kentucky. That's kind of what I think decision he'll have to make. And to be honest with you, Kyle, I, I'd be tempted to just go to Kentucky and try to win a national championship. That's me. Maybe Cade's different. He's got the family ties there. So it's, it's going to be fascinating. Why do you hate OSU? <laughs> I don't. I think, <laughs> I think Cade has to do what's best for him. I think Mike Boyne has stressed that over and over again. And to me, he's got a way, you know, the business side of things, going to Kentucky. And do you trust Kentucky and John Calipari and where you fit on that particular roster. Are you going to be used the way that you discussed with Mike Boyd? I think there's so many factors here, Kyle, but I think the, the proximity to home, the brother on staff, I'm with you. I think he, I think he goes to OSU. Yeah. I, I did talk to somebody, Carson, who said, uh, <laughs> it was, it was a funny quote, but he said, you, you think if, because we're talking about, you know, this Kate's still going to come, this Kate's still going to come. I said, man, I hope he does. It would be awesome. And this person said, you think, you think Kate Cunningham would ever buy a meal in Stillwater or ever, ever pay <laughs> for a drink in Stillwater? I mean, this is post, not during, while he's in school, but like for the rest of his life, if, sure. he, if he still came in the middle of all this, I mean, it would be, uh, it would be awesome. And it would be a real testament to Mike Boynton, to you know, hopefully the continued trajectory of the program in spite of what's happened over the last week. I want Cade to wear the, the old Bosworth shirt during warmups, the national communists. <laughs> what is it? National communists against athletes, NCAA. Just, or at least make the tournament in the appeals process, like win the national title and then wear that in the, in the celebration. That would just be the ultimate FU to the NCAA. It would be incredible. We came up with a uh, – where I can't find it. We came up with an idea for a shirt the other day that was uh, – how I can't find it. It's, it was really funny. It was, it was a Marshall Scott idea. <laughs> oh, it was uh, – actually, it was Kyle Boone. It was NCAA, no competitive advantage attained. <laughs> I thought that was pretty <laughs> awesome. Uh, it's It's <laughs> – I thought, and again, as we wrap up, Kyle, I thought you wrote a, a really good piece on it that I, I retweeted. And it's just kind of comical. Like, it's so ironclad, OSU's yeah. case. It's just, it, it's almost like we laugh about it. it. It's so comical just how much the hammer they got for something that they really had no involvement with. Certainly the guys that are still on campus had no involvement with. So. Well, yeah. And, and the, the funny part about that, the, the piece that you're talking about, I think I posted it last Friday. I didn't even leave the ncaa website to write that thing right like i i i just use their own stuff against them mm-hmm. and and this is the thing about the ncaa it's just like what, what are we doing here guys like I, it, it just is and not just the oklahoma state case but 
the whole thing it's like what what is all of this like is this is this what <laughs> to quote nick saban is this what we want all this to be you know is this is this the point of all this i i, I don't know just i feel like we get uh we get lost a lot of times in it uh let's hear carson one more time from our sponsor chris's university spirit we'll come back and wrap things up Chris's University Spirit on Campus Corner in Stillwater, Oklahoma is proud to be your one-stop cowboy shop since 1986 and proud sponsor of this podcast, Pistols Firing. They specialize in custom-printed Oklahoma State apparel and merchandise and pride themselves on their excellent customer service. They also offer a full line of custom Greek apparel and can even outfit your Little League team head-to-toe. They're located at the corner of 3rd and Knobloch on Historic Campus Corner. You can follow them on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and be sure to shop online at chrisuniversityspirit.com. Shop Stilly, shop Chris's University Spirit. Okay, Carson, final takeaways, final thoughts, what do you got? Uh, yeah, uh, North Carolina, basketball and football created classes <laughs> to, to get athletes to pass and got nothing. They had nothing, not one band, not one scholarship lost. It was a basically a Ponzi scheme to get – athletes through their school and they got nothing and osu got the hammer it's just it i think osu's lawyers should just hammer them in this appeal i mean make it hours and hours of other cases in which other teams got off way lighter and did far more egregious acts they have so much to work with kyle that i would love to be a fly on the wall when when holder and chuck smirt and them are up there just berating the NCAA uh, commission or whatever the hell that they have to go in front of the, the infract. Yeah. The infractions committee. Yeah, I agree. I think they will too. I, I've, I've never, even during the sports illustrated stuff, they, OSU was, up, was, was mad about that, but I think they were always mad in like, a. they, they weren't like angry. They were just like, this is, you know, we're going to have to spend a lot of money on this. This is stupid. That, that was more a media created thing, right? It was, it never really got to the point where you were worried about anything, anything happening to the football program because there was nothing there. And this is like, they're just pissed because it affects so many different things in a real way. And, uh, I, man, I think they're, I think they're going to the mat. I think they're going to they, – they might just call up John Smith and just send him out there and <laughs> say, hey, let's, let's wrestle for it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you bring whoever you want. OSU will bring John Smith, and I know who's winning that one. Uh, that's awesome. Okay, Carson, good stuff. We will try and be back next week. Enjoy the golf uh, later on this week, this weekend. Hopefully get some Oklahoma State guys out there. Charles Howell's in the field, Victor Hovland, Matthew Wolf, Ricky Fowler. Kevin Tway. Kevin Tway. Probably missing maybe one other. There's guy. so many. It's easy to forget. Taylor Gooch might be in the field as well. Uh, Taylor Gooch is in the field. Um, so, yeah, should be fun at Colonial. I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, sounds good. I was making sure you recorded this entire conversation. Just <laughs> my, my heart skipped a beat that we weren't recording. I did. I recorded okay. it. That's why you're, that's why you're the. Uh, that's why you're the editor emeritus of PFB and I'm just a, a minion. <laughs> we'll talk to you later, Carson. See ya.